Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Welcome back to Event Brew, my friends. Uh, I am one of four fabulous people hosting Woo. today. Um, I don't think we've all been together in quite some time. It's it was been a, a reunion. While. Not this year. I know. It's a bit of a reunion. Not this year. That is true. We have made our way into 2022. It uh, looks a little bit different than 2021. Thank God. Uh, I'm joined here today by my besties. I'm going to start with the person that didn't just leave the microphone, uh, Tui Deep with Hot. Hi. <laughs> You're going to say hi? You gonna... Yeah, I'm really excited to see you, Dustin. You, you're looking cute over there in Canada. I have, still have a little bit of a Mexican tan, which is very nice, from Mexico, um, just to clarify where you get a Mexican tan. Um, all right. Nick Borelli, All Seated Expo. How's it going, my friend? I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I have no tan uh, at all. Uh, zero tan. But you do have a new background. This is the first time I'm seeing yeah, new day. Oh, yeah. Snaps. yeah. Doing more in in the office. Uh, it's it's pretty much set. Uh, I got uh, toys hanging from the ceiling. Even <laughs> it's like crazy stuff. Lots of Pokemon stuff. I like but it. uh, it's uh, it's zero degrees and under uh, where I'm. I live now. So uh, yeah, I have no I have no tan of any kind of. Uh, Mexican or otherwise. Uh, I do notice that your space is smaller. It is. Uh, I have uh, more workable space. Like in, in, in this, what I used to have is like a whole floor to myself. Uh, and I would spread all, all my stuff. Now I have uh, a lot more rooms in the house, but they're, f- they're actually rooms. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they like, I've integrated my things into different rooms as opposed to having like a, a place to myself. So it's... Uh, cozier but i have windows i can look outside and see the snow that has been on the ground for three months hasn't melted once. Uh, don't talk to me about snow uh <laughs> speaking of no snow it's i bet we're no close snow. i bet we're close honestly i i, I feel like i i could go toe-to-toe with canadians at, at this point probably it was actually beautiful here today so probably it's probably warmer here today than it was there it was 13 degrees celsius here today mm. Which is, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Give me a calculator. Hold on real quick. Yeah, you guys have to do everything the hard way. Uh, Will Curran, my friend, you are an icon, as your shirt says. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Endless you very much. <laughs> Excited to be here. Good to see you again, Dustin. Yeah. Um, and I give a context, uh, 55 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's 70 degrees Fahrenheit right now in Phoenix. Oh, very nice. So I'm gonna send my, We'll send all of our warmth up to you all. Listen yeah, I got that. three degrees Fahrenheit right Two. now, which is up. Two minutes in, and we're already talking about the weather. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, everyone's like, "Oh, I know we got a nice. we got a hard stop for Tui today." So why don't we dig into what are we drinking real quick? Um, let's start with Tui. What's in your cup today? Well, er- earlier this morning, I oh God, went here and got we go. myself. <laughs> it's just my go-to drink. Started I treated myself, morning. and I, I had I just heated up, 
so I can finish it. It's a oat milk chai latte. And how long oh, has nice. that been sitting there? Um, since this morning, but I went and I put it in. Isn't like oat milk really stable? Like, isn't that what you put in your bomb shelter and it'll last forever? Yeah, you don't have to refrigerate so. it technically. Better right. than animal milk. Good to know. Do you know I found a you know I found a bomb shelter on Airbnb? Uh, it's in the states, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and you can <laughs> that, that checks out. I think it's an old missile silo that they turned into a bomb shelter. Yeah, uh, those are like I see those online all the yeah, time. They're not fun. They should really like. I hope they take crypto because I'm trying to think of like what would survive a world <laughs> where you would require a bomb shelter at that's a last a, minute. That is, that's a good point. I'm pretty Does sure they take Mastercard, gold bars, or something. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure they take Visa, Mastercard, or American Express. They haven't they haven't thought through with that part yet. Doomsday prep economy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that is. We'll be like we're on to Web four over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for all the geeks. Bullets. Out there. I laugh to be kind. I have no idea what that means. Uh, Nick, I was like, "Damn, Dustin got my super nerdy joke." Uh, no, that's I didn't. Awesome. I did. I was just trying to be kind. It's my New Year's resolution to be nicer to you. Oh, uh, Nick, what's in your cup today? Just uh, I have six different kinds of spindrift, and I'm on my uh, spindrift. It's a uh, really it's a sparkling water. Uh, like spindrift. Or spin drift. Uh, drift with a T. Uh, I don't. I don't know how hard the T is, but it's uh, it's unsweetened. Uh, it's just fruit juice and water. There's no no other ingredients. It tastes like uh, pineapple and water put together. Beautiful. Love that. Water down yeah. You know, I like I like this health kick that you're on. It's nice. It it is only liquid. I'm making up for it in other ways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you see like... my my McDonald's points are through the roof oh, right no. now. Oh, yeah, I could no. buy uh, I could buy a lot of things with those points. Yeah. Yeah, like Marlboro Miles, but like, uh, you know, but it'll kill you faster. Marlboro Miles. I was Marlboro in the Miles app store for people under 50. To download the Tim Hortons app, and the McDonald's app came up first, and I thought, well, isn't that clever? They um, have the hack me- uh, menu currently in there, so you can get a, a Land, Air, and Sea burger. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but it's exactly what you think it is. No, oh, we call that something totally different. I'll tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah, McGangbang. Sorry. A what? A McGangbang? Definitely not appropriate for our show, but okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally appropriate. Did you call that uh, a gangbang? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it's that's what it's colloquially known you as. Just lost uh, all the corporate audience. Right sorry, uh, 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 edit editor, no. uh, you're gonna want to go with the uh, uh, five minute and forty five second mark. Uh, uh, editor, leave it in. It's fine. Uh, Will, Land Air and Sea is more marketable. I'm uh, I'm 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 doing my Dustin impression today, and I am drinking water. Oh, so am I. See. Two and two and one, perfect. <laughs> Love that. Uh, <laughs> which one of you wants to uh, share our topic today? I think we're talking about bulletproof events that uh, can live on, that have a built-in plan A, B, C, D, whatever else we need these days. I could take a chat. I mean, I, I think that everyone talks about how the idea that event planners are really good at having multiple. Uh, plans for things. And I think that's true within specific context historically. So like that, I think an event planner has always been really good at knowing what to do if the weather changes, right? Mm -hmm. If, uh, if let's say, uh, I don't know, the, the, the event creeps up on attendance, if it goes down, Mm -hmm. where to put air walls, when to have an ancillary tent outside, things like that. I think Mm -hmm. event planners got pretty good at learning how to space things six feet apart, all that fun stuff. Here's a few things that I don't think that uh, when it comes to changes and disruptions that I think that event planners haven't quite figured out, and that is the idea of uh, how to make everyone in the event uh, like whole, uh, like how to like the show must go on when you have a virtual event and the internet crashes. Uh, how to uh, have a uh, to to make it so your exhibitors 
uh, still gets all of their uh, value out of exhibiting when, let's say, 25% of the people show up to your live event. Um, like when it comes to like impressions and when it comes to um, the amount of like lead gen opportunities as opposed to just like the physical stuff. Um, and there's a disruption. That's the stuff where I think that there there could be more work done. And I think the good news with that is, is that there's a lot more places to do those things in now than there used to be. Mm-hmm. That's my premise, and probably and a, and a hint as to what I think the the uh, the lessons are. Well, I think like de- definitely right now too. Like I mean, like I was just so shocked how many people got rocked by Omicron. Like. I was just, mm-hmm. I, I was like, come on, like, didn't we figure this out by now? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're two years in and everyone's canceling their events to, you know, postpone, freaking out. And, you know, I thought everyone had figured it out by now. So, like, I'm definitely all bo- on board with uh, disruption-proof uh, events and planning for disruption-proof events. Also, there's a lack of transparency, I think. Like, you should be – if you're planning an event for Q3 2022, you should you should plan ahead and say, this event might not happen. Right. You should just know that because like that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And you should you should have transparently broadcast, I think, what your plan B is to all your attendees and say, hey, the world is crazy. You know, anything can happen. And if if all of this stuff can't happen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over here and or we're going to break this up into smaller events or we're going to have it next spring, you know, do it halfway through the year, whatever. Yeah. But I think the transparency is completely absent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a challenge when you're especially when you're trying to sell. And we're still in this unknown space where it's like, do I really want to commit to going to that conference when I don't know if it's going to happen? And do I want to put my money there? And I think some more transparency around what happens if this can't happen live would be really helpful because then it would be like, if if something goes sideways, we're going to do this virtually. We're going to refund your money. We're going to guarantee it rescheduled. Like, I do still think that we're we're not sure. And I I don't I can give everybody a break because I think we're still. We're still in this space of unknown, and I'm, I'm feeling very optimistic that we are finally heading the end of this, um, which I hope is true. Tui, what you got? I agree. I mean, it's it's a great challenge to have to be able to say, okay, well, then what's next? And being having that transparency, I know now signing up for all the lovely industry events for the year, one thing that... I liked, I think it was MPI. They did exactly that. They said, if you were to get COVID or you can't make it or, you know, something happens with the event, then, you know, we're going to credit you. We're going to give you a refund. We're going to apply those credits to, like, the next event. And it's really reassuring because it just shows that, okay, these are professionals. They're thinking ahead, and I appreciate that. Um, When Nick was explaining it, I was thinking for my own programs, like, oh, gosh, would I tell the attendees that? And so I'm now I'm thinking, well, what's the difference between an industry event with fellow event mm-hmm. professionals versus, you know, uh, an event for your corporate social weddings? Mm-hmm. I think it's just about like I think that right now the trepidation around attendance in person is about risk aversion uh, from the attendee side and from the exhibitor side. Like they're looking at this and being like live events are still risky to invest my time and money in because their their likelihood for disruption is still pretty high uh and therefore i think being transparent does a little bit of the risk aversion and tells people hey you know uh you can invest with us uh your invest your time and your money with us and you will be uh you'll be taken care of because we're we care about you 
uh, and we've thought ahead and here's how we've done it. And like the level of trust when you're transparent is is much broader than just your core base. I think the core people come no matter what. Uh, and then that's why you see attendance kind of like shrink, but like sort of stabilize is the, mm-hmm. re- the reality of the people that just trust you no matter what. People that don't and you're still building trust with them, I think that like that's what it takes. And and I, I've been talking in a couple episodes about the idea of like the exhibitors as a big part of this play as well. And the sponsors or, or let's say just say sponsors, they're the ones that are investing a lot more money, you know, mm-hmm. individually in the outcome of something. And to know that to those ahead of time, like I've never got that as a sponsor of an event saying, hey, uh, this is the plan. This is what we expect. However, if things go south, uh, this is how we're proactively going to recover so you you can, you know, invest with us wisely. I don't see that either. And frankly, that's supposed to be the core principle of what a planner does, right, it is, is to plan ahead. Uh, it, it's in the wheelhouse. It's not... It's not tech. I'm not saying necessarily be like this tech guru or all this other stuff. I'm just saying like think ahead, uh, talk to other people, the things I think you're good at, but just assume. Uh, I, I think ten years ago or up to like maybe five or five years ago, it was the same thing was happening with like I think much less likely scenarios around shootings and and like other things where like the whole industry was like well let's have that plan let's figure out what that is and it was like for small meeting planners we're talking right. about I'm like it's not gonna the, the thing that is the least likely to happen yeah yeah you don't you don't have an internet redundancy but you have an active shooter plan <laughs> yeah exactly that <laughs> so you plan a virtual event and you're like oh what happens if all of my you know my internet goes down and it's like oh, i didn't i don't know anything about that but i do know how to like you know communicate with the police if there's like a uh, I'll, you know, a green level threat. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, that I, happens. That's like one percent of one percent of one percent. Those are still very important things to know. And they are, but like, they, but they are. They're yeah. on a very. You can do list. both. And like, it's not I a think, zero sum. I think the point of this is that the the list of things we need contingency for has changed and probably changed for good. And as we continue to go into a more complex, blended world of in person and and digital, I think that we need we need to have more than just a backup rain plan. Um, we need technology plan. We need to we need to be able to react so that we can give our clients the confidence that they need to put business back on the books with confidence, and be able to start booking out more long lead business. So yeah, I totally agree. Where I think like you guys have said like the contingency list has totally changed um, is like definitely it feels like all encompassing technology now, not just like what happens when your AV goes down or what happens when the internet goes down, but like all encompassing every single piece of technology that touches it. So I think that's a good point. I think you need a contingency plan for, you know, yeah, like health and what if people get sick and things like that. That probably wasn't the top of a lot of people's mind. But one thing I think that a lot of people haven't thought about, too, is they need a contingency plan for public opinion. Hmm. Because I'm sure so many events have been postponed or canceled because it's the public perception that it's all going to go wrong or it's all going to have issue. Like. Uh, I definitely have I've seen so many events cancel when I go that event wasn't even that big they could have had a COVID compliance officer follow the plans all properly and they probably would have had minimal amounts of people being sick um, and you know I, I definitely feel like that public opinion plan needs to be there because it's no matter what you're, whether your event has technology not technology whether it has COVID compliance or not like you need to be prepared that if all of a sudden your whole brand is purple yeah. and all of a sudden an article comes out that says 
people who wear purple are psychopaths or something like that, right? I don't know. You have to be prepared for what, like, how you're going to react to that. Um, and, you know, I think being able to have that kind of like, a, you know, Alex Blackson talks about, like, the crisis communication plan. Like, mm-hmm. you need to have that plan in place so you can have, like, kind of a PR attack or a PR uh, response when it comes to it rather than it rocking you all the way to the core of changing your entire event. Mm-hmm. So for those who are just listening, Will is wearing purple, so I am now a little yep. scared. Are you trying to tell us something, Will? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember, like, I've, <laughs> seen, I, I've read things about the idea that, like, no one should wear any hats that are red uh, because it makes people fear, feel scared because they think it might be a MAGA hat and they might get anxiety attacks or this and that. It's like we're at that world where it's like that kind of like, you know, uh, thoughts go into you're like, geez, uh, can I wear a, uh, you know, a, a Cincinnati Reds hat? And it's like, well, somebody might think I'm a racist. So, I mean, like we're mm-hmm. we're in a world where perception is reality to a certain degree and like where you feel like politically in line with that stuff, I think is one thing. Another thing is your ability to uh, take these things into account and determine like, is this something that is a deal breaker because of just the completely evolving set of rules that we're, we're living with these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I take your point a lot, Will, that, that, that the reality of the political weather mm-hmm. uh, is something that we need to focus on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's as unpredictable if not more unpredictable than the actual weather there's no farmer's almanac for this kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh i would uh i would tell everybody that um it really c- takes uh a team uh, a planning team of diverse people with diverse backgrounds uh to be able to anticipate um what might happen uh, i think that if you plan for every eventuality you will be uh you know uh, you'll you'll lose your mind because it's impossible so the idea was to have like a system in place mm-hmm. um, that is like I know that like military like they use that sit rep concept of like they kind of like go over like what do you know what don't we know um, you know what what is the goal what matters and like kind of like realign yourself with like a couple of simple rules that apply to anything uh, that's probably better than planning for mm-hmm. all the eventualities but some of the major eventualities or potential possibilities as far as like what it takes to you know either have to meet the goals of the event uh, and to have a few of the things that are like the the pass fails on an event like uh, duty of care those kind of things I would say uh, you know have those plans for and then just consider that we have more tools to accomplish goals now like mm-hmm. familiarize yourself with this idea that if there's no live event where would you do it virtually and if the internet's gone how would you uh, take a completely different approach on that you know do you have could you move your whole event to YouTube uh, could you uh, take your large event and spread it out over smaller events. You know, is there just just think about those scenarios and, and sort of uh, brainstorm. But I think that the key to that type of thinking is to have people with different backgrounds and different bits of experience so they can add more to it. Because if you do it all yourself, you'll only see it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Nick, I think to that point, it's you know maybe you maybe you're not creating a plan for everything but you have a plan to make a plan really quickly if you need it and you know where to go and i think to will's point it's like we're all going to need a pr plan for every event we do that involves guest speakers i mean look what's happening with joe rogan right now and with you know he's like he's it's you know he's <laughs> folks are demanding that he be deplatformed for the the words of his guests and some other shit that comes out of his mouth he's no he's no saint but it would not be it wouldn't be difficult for a, you know a major event to put somebody on their stage that says something that's controversial that goes against you know what the 
what the the masses of the crowd want and all of a sudden that reflects very poorly on you we talked about that a couple years ago with having ivanka trump oh yeah it's the ces ces and and it's like and that's and that's becoming more and more of a reality so having a plan to react when stuff like that gets out is is becoming i think that's going to become commonplace and you know events private or not are not going to be immune from that Absolutely. I hope no one ever goes through any of our episodes because we would all be in probably a lot of trouble. I feel like um, I might regret that Mexican tan. I'm, <laughs> still, I'm still, pro- crazy still processing sandwich. that. Keep it in there. Uh, so the other thing from a designer standpoint is it's now more important than ever to also just go back to who the attendees are. Who are the actual guests coming? Uh, I'm doing an international in, in Europe. But not only is it like, okay, what country and what are their processes and protocols when it comes to COVID, but who are the attendees? Like, are they vaccinated? Like, does that, is that a requirement? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that, if you, if your whole team can collaborate on that, then it can start from the beginning of strategy and design and be able to say, okay, well, let's do more outdoor events or, okay, now knowing that these are mostly males or whatever the case may be in their personas, it's factor that into it too Mm -hmm. because i feel like we just can't go back to like oh it was a checklist like all right Mm -hmm. like sustainability Mm -hmm. checklist like let's enhance that into the design i'll always think about the time we talked about being having a special dietary restriction and the person that does gets a salad at the end after everyone like and Mm -hmm. just like incorporated it all together is really important with Mm -hmm. that as well yeah, and then the name of the game is like mitigating these things and making sure that they don't happen. And before mm. you have to pull out the crisis plan because it's something <laughs> as silly as the internet's not there, like you should already have gone through a couple things to make sure that didn't happen or that you've done your work to make sure that that doesn't happen. And um, yeah, that's what we're here to do, right? I think event, event if the props. goal is content, it's way easier. If the goal is engagement, it gets a little trickier. Right. But if you're if you're if one of your main goals is and really trying to have your whole event be whole in Plan B, I think you'll pull your hair out. I think you have to do your best uh, to to salvage the elements you can. But the good news is for the content element, there's a lot of opportunities to do that. And in fact, the idea of having your presenters record their presentation if you can get them to do this ahead of time to have a backup version the non-live version mm-hmm. like if their internet goes down which is like what are the chances of that like in, in us getting together like it, it's like one of us is going to have that problem sh- right show getting online today <laughs> <laughs> right right so the idea of like hey due diligence you presented hey can you pre-record your presentation uh and have that so we have that on file uh, it's like, unfortunately, due to internet issues, uh, we couldn't go live. He's going to try to come back into the Q&A in like 30 or 40 minutes whenever this is up. But let's let's he has a recorded backup version of it. Imagine seeing that. Like, that's yeah, pretty professional, that would, right? That would, that would be very impressive. Versus like a bunch of like, um, uh, yeah. so. Yeah. We're going to yeah. bring out oh. the magician early. Like, I'm a presenter. If someone says, hey, you know, this is a deal. We're having all the, you know, these things happen. Could could you record your you know presentation uh, ahead of time? Like, just have a version of it. Uh, that's a, like a backup or whatever. Uh, I'd be like, yeah, I get that. Like that makes a lot of sense, and it's not that hard. It's like and another, can, and you can double your fee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At Hot, we do that. Everything that we do virtually has a backup video in case something happens. That's great. And I'll always remember yeah. our CMO Liz when she's hosting. She just sets the tone. She's like, "This is a virtual event. Something might happen, but it's all okay because we're in. The, you know, like we're on this adventure together. And so when something like that happens, our you know tech director our event producer can just slide it right in 
That's awesome. Thanks. I got one last thing as it relates to like the, the larger trend that we're seeing across the industry is like community model too. And if you need another reason to consider doing community model for your event or creating a community, you know, think about the fact that like when you do one event, a lot of times it's the only interaction they'll ever have. They gave you your money, they're going to attend and they want to go perfect. And then if everything goes wrong, they're going to hate you, right? Because you're, that's literally what they paid for. But if you do a community model, you get their buy-in, you get people who love you. They have a little bit more skin in the game. They mm -hmm. want to be a part of your success. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when things do go wrong, the, the, you know, you don't have to feel as panicked that, oh my gosh, my attendees are going to hate me. Everything's going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, instead, you you know, your community members will probably be there and be like, you got this. We love you. Well, you know, they'll be sending you all types of praise. So, you know, I, I'm just thinking about that too in terms of like bu building a disruption plan. It's like building an audience who also has got your back. Yeah, good point. I think that communication and transparency is a big element of that. And then again, having someone who represents your people at the table, you know, that like really gets them is, is like part of the community uh, as a community leader outside of your organization, even potentially is another way that you could really save yourself on that. That's great. Good job, everybody. All right. So just <laughs> telling you, you know, again, you've got the skills. Uh, this is this is totally. definitely up your alley. Yeah. Uh, just uh, just take advantage. Don't, don't think you have to know about every single platform or know about every single op, you know thing that could happen. All you need to know is that there's a lot of things that could have your back. And uh, and think of them like that. Think of the, these. There are the things that are in your back pocket. What is your what does your a event look like? If if there's no Internet on the on the virtual event, if there's no uh you know if there's some kind of disruption that closes your your physical event all those things how do you do it love it always good advice team yeah. we're gonna we're gonna end this one a little bit early because Tui's leaving us and i was late getting here so you can blame Tui first and then blame me second boundaries i'm Blameless. going to take a beach cycling class on the beach oh of course you are of Doesn't course you are so everybody just check out uh, Tui's Instagram stories because I'm sure it will be there with some sort of amazing sunset and yeah. some sort of big floppy sun hat. I don't have a sun <laughs> hat, you guys. Well, you need to get one. All right, folks. Uh, short and sweet one for you this week. We are back at it. So um, thanks for listening. If you have any comments about this or you got any war stories you want to share with us, we always love a good war story. Uh, we are at eventbrew at helloendless.com. Take it away. Bye, guys. Good seeing you. See ya. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.